Thank you for listening to the podcast of Dublin Bible Church. As we're in the home stretch of this, I hope that this has meant a lot to you. I hope that you have used some of these ground rules, and I hope that you would use these last four to impact uh, your relationships. But maybe for you, maybe you've grown frustrated by the relationships that you already have. I'll use an analogy um, to explain my point. Like when I was a kid, I used to love to play baseball. I was one of those kids, maybe like you, I would play whatever whatever like sport was in in season at the time, but then to fill all the other time, I play baseball, right? So I would play baseball, not with a real baseball, because I'd put out windows, and I did that and got in trouble for it. Actually, a couple windows. I got away with one of them. You're the only ones who know that, not even my dad. I shattered the back of a car window. He told me not to play with the real ball. I should have took his advice. But that's a true story. So I would play baseball, and I love to play baseball. But I had, I had some neighbors that I would always play ball with. But I always had, like my best friend lived right next door, which was amazing. But, but also um, his brother was also really one of the most annoying creations ever to grace the earth. You know, it was like he was the, the little brother who always wanted to be with the big brother. Do you, do you see what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. It's like the little brother. It's like, oh, he's a little brother. And yet if you go tell like your parents, they're like, no, let your little brother play, right? Well, he always wanted to play by a different set of rules. He always wanted to play by a different set of rules. So we would be out playing ball and having just a great time playing wiffle ball. And then we worked our way up to tennis ball because you could hit the ball farther and make you really feel like a big leaguer. And, and we would just just have so much fun. But then as, as he would tag along, he would always come in and he would always want to change the rules. So we would start playing ball and then he would be like, no, 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 I don't think that should be an out. I'm like, Pay attention. This is baseball. The rules haven't changed. This this game has existed for a hundred years, and these have been the rules. Accept them or leave. And yet, if I'm honest, many of us we have a whole different set of rules that we play by in relationships. If we're honest, and most of the rules we want to actually change ourselves to benefit us, don't we? I mean. How many times have you, have you had a conflict with somebody else where you just went into it and you're like, yeah, I know I messed up. I'll just, I accept all responsibility. You didn't do a thing. It was all on me. When's the last time you've done that? I see some blank stares and, and some people looking at each other. I don't know what that's all about. Like We don't do that because we automatically go into, into relationships thinking that maybe we know a little bit more than what we actually do. But maybe we're actually living by a different set of ground rules relationally than, ever, than every other person. Now, if you're a Christian, these, these ground rules are something you're directly accountable to. Right from the Word of God. If you're, if you're not a Christian and you're just kind of seeking the faith, I totally understand that. That's what this church accepts you. Um, we declare the truth about Jesus, but if you're not there with Jesus yet, we hope that you would be one day. But also, we know that, that really the Word of God has power. It's power. It's power through the believer, and yet a non-believer, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to believe or not. But I caution you with this. I caution you. You may say, you know what, I'm, I'm not there with the Bible just yet. I'm not there with Jesus just yet. But my caution is this. Once you actually read it, you're going to become one of us because you're going to find that it's true. 
And you're going to find, first and foremost, that these ground rules, if you live out these ground rules, the first eight and then the back four that we're going to talk about today, your relationships will get better. The beauty of all these ground rules, they are applicable to your mother-in-law and your spouse and your kids and your coworkers and even your boss. All of them are. And there's danger in relationships. We've kind of operated off this quote. It's a quote by John Eldridge from a, a great book called Love and War. And he says this, There's no greater place for damage than in relationships because there's no greater place for God's glory than in redeeming them. And we dug into the idea of what, what redeeming them means. It means to add value to. It's an exchange where you take something else out and you add value to it. And yet, I have to tell you, relationships create dangerous, dangerous, dangerous opportunities where we have to put ourselves out there many times before we see any movement on the other person's behalf. But if you're a follower of Jesus, the standard that you're called to live by is different. And yet there's no greater place for damage than in relationships because there's no greater place in redeeming them. Hmm. So let's dig into our text. Romans 12, verse 17 is where we're going to be. This is where we're going to be. Starting in verse 17, going through verse 21. Give you a little bit of the context. Uh, this, this letter, uh, originally, uh, Romans was a letter. It was sent from the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. Um, the Christian, like Rome in that day, as you, if you're a student of the Bible, you know that that Rome in that day was a dangerous place, and, and you know that the very the very things that Paul is sending this letter to the Roman Christians, it was difficult for them in their context, just as it's difficult in our context, except for them there was a threat of death to where really we don't have the threat of death in this country at this time, and yet. The, the principles that he draws out, and this is a very theological book, but he's in a very practical section of this, of this letter. And he, he maps out this idea of saying, hey, if you want to be changed by the gospel, it has to start at the core of who you are, and it has to funnel through your relationships. And earlier in this chapter, he talks about this renewing of your mind, changing the way that you think changing the way that you lived, and that we're not supposed to be conformed to, to, the, to the image of this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, how do we do that relationally? Let's jump in and see. Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take vengeance, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You're thinking, how in the world do I do this? Well, I have to tell you, if you're a Christian, you, you, 
you have the Holy Spirit which helps you in this, in this journey to redeeming relationships. Go back to verse 17. We're going to find ground rule number 9. It says, Do not pay anyone evil for evil. Which means we need to forgive generously. Forgive generously. There's a place in the back of your bulletin to write down notes. Maybe for you this is uh, something that would help you to kind of track along with these talks and, and, and maybe just kind of even meditate on these things directly from the Word of God. Wouldn't it be so much easier if it says, hey, if somebody does you, if somebody does you wrong, double down on them and do the same thing to them. Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier? Like, I don't know about you, but our minds automatically go to this place of evil. If we're honest, they do. Our minds automatically go there, but yet the Apostle Paul tells, he, he tells us and he told the original audience, he says, you are supposed to be renewed in your mind. Not conform to the world's pattern. The world's pattern says, if you do me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. But the standard that a Christian is to live by is different. We're supposed to be transformed, changed, and renewed. It starts in our mind. He says, indeed, do not repay anyone evil for evil. And I, I know there's caution with, I know there's caution right now with, with this one and, your, and me coming out of the gate with this talk with forgiveness and, and the, the topic of forgiveness. And it's so, it impacts every one of our lives at all different levels because we've been wounded in so many different ways. Some have just been, things have been just cut into us and we're trying to find mending. And then other times we just kind of live in this stage of brokenness from time to time. And yet this, this ground rule is kind of like maybe the rest of the ground rules. And yet for us, maybe this one, uh, you just kind of receive it kind of like a speed bump. To where a speed bump is something that you kind of, you go over, like you're just kind of cruising through life, you're just kind of doing your thing. And all these ground rules kind of hit us in the same way. We're just kind of going through life and all of a sudden you hit a speed bump and you're like, whoa, what, what just happened? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, okay, what, what just happened? And if you're like me, I don't pay attention very often when I'm driving. So for me, when I hit a speed bump, usually it's a very startling experience for everyone in the car. So, so when I'm going, and it's really hard for me to drive five miles an hour, it does, does anyone else find it incredibly difficult to drive five miles an hour? My car automatically idles more than five miles an hour. And I like, I don't, I just, I want to take it easy on my brakes. So I just want to go a little faster than five, depending on my position. But our ground rules, and really this one is kind of like this speed bump. And yet we, we kind of like cruising through life, and yet we kind of have these things happen, and we just kind of hit a speed bump, and we're like, oh, it just kind of caught me off guard. I didn't like that. But then maybe for you, the rest of the ground rules, because this being number nine, maybe it's kind of like this picture, to where now it's like, okay, it's like I was cruising through life, and all of a sudden I see this hill in front of me, and then it's just like one speed bump after another, and oh, and Chad, I just don't get it. And why do you have to put down all these ground rules? I, I'm just telling you, it wasn't my idea, okay? It wasn't. That was from God's Word. And yet I understand there's difficulty with these. Maybe this is more of a reality than the first picture. 
And yet there's some of you are like that. You've, you didn't have a speed bump. You feel like you've just got launched off something. You're blown off some steam. You're frustrated. You're thinking, how in the world am I going to live out these ground rules? Am I supposed to live out these ground rules? And yet the reality is this. If you look at the picture, you know that everybody's watching. And you feel like everybody's watching you. And if you're having problems in your marriage, if we're honest... Our mind tends to think that everybody's watching us. So what we do is we try and clam up. We try and close off. Create distance between everybody and anybody. Even the very people who love us. I understand it's difficult. But even more so, I understand that it's necessary. We need to forgive generously. I I just want to lay out just a little bit of groundwork as to what forgiveness is. Just just a little bit. We could talk for a year on this topic, but forgiveness is releasing a debt that's owed to you. Forgiveness is, is releasing a debt that's owed to you. You know someone has done you wrong, so forgiveness is just releasing a debt that's owed to you. Yeah, you owe me an apology. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you texted me that. You put that on Facebook. You sent that on a group text. It went everybody. Everybody saw my business. You said it was just between us. We were at a prayer meeting, and you said we were just supposed to pray about this. Now everybody else knows my business. Forgiveness for us is is letting yourself off the hook. Understanding that there's a debt that's owed to you. I acknowledge that. You were hurt. And I would tell you, just going all the way back to the, the very quote that's been really foundational in all of these weeks. Redemption needs to happen in marriages. It has to happen in marriages. Life is it can be so difficult, and yet it can be so rewarding. You can't hold on to hurts. You can't hold on to hurts. It's not all about you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the same grace that you have received is, is the same measure of grace that you need to extend. And the beautiful thing is about, about the way forgiveness works is it releases a debt that's owed to you and saying, you know what, I understand that you offended me, but I'm not going to live in that self-imposed bondage anymore. It's releasing a debt that's owed to you. It's an ongoing process. When, talk, when asked this question in, in Matthew 18, verse 22, saying, well, how much should I forgive? Jesus said what? 70 times 7, which means an infinite number. It isn't like they need to sit down and do the math and be like, man, I'm only on forgiveness number 10 for this person. i got a long way to go. It's just, it's supposed to be an infinite, no, infinite number. It's like, just forgive. Christian, just forgive. I understand they said something and they did something wrong. Forgive. I understand that, that, that your kids are far away from you and they, they said things that hurt you. You need to forgive. I understand that... that that there's been wounds and there's been damage and and you didn't deserve it and it really happened and it really hurts. But you have to forgive. I didn't say forget. I said forgive. My hope is that one day you could just forget. But that's probably going to be a long time down the road. So you need to remember to to forgive. 
and to forgive generously. Now, forgiveness, it benefits the offender because the point, the point of forgiveness is to draw somebody to the gospel. So it benefits the offender. It truly does. That they would see the gospel lived out in such a way that they would say, wow, how did they forgive me? Because the, the basis of, Chris, of Christian forgiveness is because as much as we have been forgiven, that's the amount of forgiveness we need to extend to others. So as people offend us as Christians, and we go through and people would look at us and say, wow, how did you forgive? That you would be able to share the gospel with them and say, you know what? I have done far worse than what you did to me when I offended God. So because of that, I need to forgive just as I've been forgiven, as Colossians 3 says. I need to forgive just as I've been forgiven. So it benefits the, the, the person who is the offender. It does, for the sake of the gospel. But is that not the high calling of every Christian? Is it not, church? That is the high calling of every Christian. It's not to live, to, to live happy, healthy lives. I'm sorry, but that's true. The high calling of every Christian is that we would live out the gospel in the world around us. So that we would, that we would create other people who are disciples of Jesus Christ. That we, as we follow Christ, we would invite other people to follow Christ as well. That is the high calling of every Christian. Every Christian. Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter your experience level. That's the high calling of every Christian. It's the gospel. It is the gospel. I realize that's difficult to take. But it has to be said. But it also it sets free the offended. If you're offended, and you, you, can, you can walk through the steps of forgiveness. And I have to tell you, this is a great opportunity. Maybe for you, maybe you're struggling with something right now you're holding on to. And you've been holding on to it for a very long time. There have been people in this very room who've walked through incredibly difficult things. And they've walked through the steps of forgiveness. Things that, that other people in the world would look at and say, there's no way I could forgive that. And yet somehow they have. Through the power of the Holy Spirit living in them, they've walked through forgiveness. People in this very room. So if you're just to be honest and say, you know what? Maybe even just to have a conversation with me. Or my wife after this service and say, oh, you know what? I'm having a hard time forgiving this. We would love to direct you not to ourselves, but to other people who've walked through the steps of forgiveness because it is incredible. Because it will add years and add value to your life. We're called to forgive generously. Then also in verse 18, we see the next point. If it is possible, just please pay, pay very close attention to these words. If it is possible, as far as it depends on who? You. Live at peace with everyone. So this is not an insurmountable task. It's not saying, oh my goodness, all I do is just pour myself out for these people and I just pour myself out for these people and all I do is I just give everything and I just I try and do everything right and all I get is evil back at me. Here's a way to let yourself off the hook. And yet, this ground rules we need to live peacefully. 
The idea of this is to not bring any conflict into relationships. As Christians, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. That we're to live peacefully. You and I both know people who, who just love drama, don't they? They just love drama. And if, if we're honest, the same people that you work with that create drama are the very people that you avoid. Am I, am I right? Are you the person that people avoid? It's a good question. I don't know. But we have to live peacefully. But look, it's not an insurmountable task. Look at, look at how this verse reads out. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, do your part to live peacefully. As far as it depends on you. If other people bring the drama machine everywhere they go, they are like, you know, they are the, they are the captain of the drama team. Everywhere they go, there are seasons of your life where you need to remove yourself from other people. It's true. And unfortunately, that sometimes is people within our own family. I'm not talking about marriages. You're bound by a covenant with Almighty God. There are steps for healing in marriage. I'm not talking about just step out of a marriage just because my needs aren't being met and all of this and now I'm checking out. No, that's the world system. But if you, if you bound yourself in marriage, just know that it was a covenant between you, your spouse, and Almighty God that is not to be broken. The Lord hates divorce. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about other relationships at this point. But we need to live peacefully, not to create drama. And yet it's okay if, if you're surrounded by people who just bring drama everywhere they go. It is okay for a season to create distance between you and them to become relationally healthy. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't bring the issues into the relationships yourself. Well, how do you do this? What does this look like? You know what this looks like? This looks like for you when your coworkers are talking about your boss that you don't participate in the conversation talking about your boss. That's what that looks like. Living peacefully means this, that if you're having some marital struggles, you don't go talk to somebody else about your marital struggles. You just go talk to Jesus and your spouse about your marital struggles first off. That way you don't bring more people unnecessarily into the issue. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Which means if, if you have to go through and you're having issues with your children, don't, don't put it on, on me, don't put it on the church, don't put it on the teachers, don't put it on anyone else to, to rear up and to raise and direct your kids in the way they're supposed to. Parents, that's your responsibility. We are partnering with you. You are the champions of your children. Live at peace with everyone as far as it depends on you. means this as well. You don't have a license because you had a bad day to go home and rail on your husband and wife. 
Well, I had a bad day. My coworker said this, and I'm tired. I didn't get a lot of sleep, and now I just, I didn't, my day just started off wrong, so now all of a sudden you just brought drama throughout your whole day, and then you go to home, and now you're angry about the tasks that you have to do. Coincidentally, everybody else has to do these tasks too, but all of a sudden you're thinking about yourself, which means you need to live peacefully with everybody else and understanding, yeah, that's how my day started, but now I don't need to bring all that drama, and I need to live peacefully as far as is concerned with me. And yet it's okay if it is possible as far as it depends on you. You can't control other people. You can enable other people, which creates more conflict, but you can't control other people. Back to the Word. Verse 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Ground rule number 11 is this. We need to overcome vengeance. Overcome vengeance. Look what the Bible says. Look what it says. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Which means the wrath is not for you to take. You just give it over to the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to do His work. Don't try and be somebody else's Holy Spirit and point everybody else's flaws out and try and inflict what, and how you were offended and now to try and inflict pain on someone else just because they inflicted pain upon you. Ground rule number 11, overcome vengeance. Overcome vengeance. We're told in Matthew 7, 1, do not judge. What's the last part of that say? Or you too will be judged. You're not the judge. You're not the judge. Allow the Lord to be the judge. Allow Him to avenge whatever that, that wound is. It's not up to you. Notice how all of these things connect together. About forgiveness, about living peacefully, now overcoming vengeance. Overcoming vengeance. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. So for you, yeah, you were offended. I totally get that. Give it into God's hands. He, he's big enough to handle that situation. And he, and he says right here, he says, I will repay. Which means it's not something that you have to do. On the contrary, now we see the contrast. On the contrary, well, how, how do we keep from overcoming vengeance? He tells us, on the contrary... If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Ground rule number 12 is this. Give, give willingly. Give willingly. How do you overcome vengeance? By giving willingly. It's, it's just what the Bible says. This isn't some bright idea that I've had. I read it right from the text, just like you did. He says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. 
If he's thirsty, what's the next word? Give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. That way, the, the, the connotation here is that, he, that, you will reap, or that you will heap burning coals on his head. That means that he will understand his own sorrow. If you return good for the evil that's done to you, what's happening here is about the coals going on in someone's head is that means that they will understand their own sorrow. They will go through and the Holy Spirit will convict them and they will have their own guilt about what they've done. But if you avenge, if you avenge yourself and you use your vengeance, the only thing that you will be met with is their anger. But if you overcome vengeance by giving willingly, the result is this the person then themselves will realize how wrong they were. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's difficulty in this. Even in our culture right now, because even within the Christian movement, we see some things that maybe that we recognize as evil. But the very thing that we cannot do, even with the things that we see that are evil, we can't just draw a line in the sand and start lobbing grenades over to the other side. We have to give of ourselves. You will never win someone else over to Christ by pointing out all their flaws. You won't. We will never win Dublin and Lawrence County over to Christ. I'm not just talking about a few people. I'm talking about, about thousands of people who are far from God right now that are so de-churched right now that it's pathetic. We will never win them by pointing out all the problems. The only thing that we can do to draw them into, into better relationships is by start of having a relationship with their Heavenly Father that is found through the blood work of Jesus Christ, what He did on the cross for us. Allow our community, allow Dublin and Lawrence County to experience the true love of God, the same love of God that has set our hearts free, that has become the basis of all of our relationships. The only way that we're going to see our community come back to Christ and to see healing in our community is if we get back to the grace of God. That's it. Not by pointing out everybody else's problems. Well, I can't believe they did this, and I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they texted me this, and I, I can't believe that they Facebooked this, and they tweeted this, and, and Instagram, and whatever else way that you've been offended. It's only by giving yourself. And you may sit back and think, you know what, that is, that is impossible. Outside of God, it is. But the God of the Bible, he seems to make the impossible possible. You think, you know, my, my situation is, is unique. And it, it may be unique to you. And you sit back and maybe, you, you know, you, you, you just kind of roughed up a little bit. And you're like, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, that's great. I think that I can use them for some of my relationships, but not all of my relationships. You don't know how bad they are. Let's think back to the context, the original context of this letter. The city of Rome was a very dangerous place to be. So when the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to these Christians, it, 
it wasn't safe at all. Just by declaring that you're a Christian might get you killed. So if you think your situation is unique, maybe it is a little unique. But is it more difficult than what the Bible intended? Is it more difficult than the original audience? Because the original audience, they were supposed to live these things out in fear of death. What do you have to lose? A couple friends? Think about it in the other way. What do you have to gain? Quality relationships? Better marriage? Maybe your kids will actually want to talk to you when they're 25 and then 30. And then when they have grandkids, when they have your grandkids, maybe, maybe because you've used these ground rules in your relationship with them, and now all of a sudden when you have those grandkids that you want to see, maybe that your very kids will want to bring those grandkids around you because you have healthy relationships. But I can tell you, if you bring, if you, if you do not use these ground rules... There'll be devastation in all your relationships, and the ripple effect is much more farther reaching than what you even fathom. 